The title tonight is The Woman Eve. Um, we'll be looking at Genesis 3 and other aspects of selected scriptures. But um, I'm sure that when God brought Eve to Adam, that um, he must have been overjoyed uh, at the sight of her, um, knowing she was going to be his counterpart uh, for life. Um, you know, he saw the animals and he named them and all, and there was not a help meet for him. There was no counterpart for him. Um, I think that she was probably very beautiful, even as Adam probably was very handsome, but, but maybe not. Because we, when we look at the script, we try to figure things out the way we are in a fallen nature. And we respond, we look at things differently. When prior to the fall, before they were fallen, it was a whole different understanding in response to that aspect of it. So it's interesting. Um, they were both completely naked and not ashamed. And so you know that it had to be completely different. Um, uh, the fallen nature um, that comes, as we'll see, uh, prior to this, there was no such shame. There was no such inhibition and all. So God had a whole different thing for us than what, um, as we'll see, Eve brought about and then through Adam. Now, her creative purpose was to help the man according to God's design. In other words, um, she was created for the man, as we'll see, but her own will and choice made her a distraction to the revealed will of God. Uh, you cannot escape reading the Bible from Genesis on and miss that God always respects the will of a person. God never forces. The whole reason of the record of the word of God is to warn us if it was robotic, if it was um, void of man's free will, then what's the reason of warning? What's the reason of judgment? No. So you have to understand this completely through. And so let's look at Eve from three vantage points. We want to look at Eve the helpmeet, Eve the deceived, and Eve the instrument of judgment and redemption. We begin with Eve, the help me. Listen to Genesis 2.18. And the Lord God said, it is not good um, that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. The woman Eve was to be Adam's companion for life due to the fact, very simply revealed, that it is not good that man should be alone. This is God's statement of fact. The... Um, the ability to live alone as a man without a woman or a woman without a man is the exception. It is the gift of celibacy that God would give to an individual. For the most part, every man, every woman will be married or they're created for marriage. Okay? Now, notice this one after his kind. She is called here woman Isha from man Ish, literally, she is said to be man s, referring to her relationship to man. She was taken from the curved side of man in Genesis two twenty one and twenty three, um, comprising of bone, flesh, and blood. And God literally built the woman. The word is in the Hebrew. 
he built her. Uh, she was not taken from the head of man to rule over him, as has been said uh, by commentators and uh, men of the past, but not from his feet um, that he might step over her or that um, she might rule him by the head symbol, but from his side, the closest part to his heart to be his companion. And it's for life. One to communicate with him. Adam named all the animals, but they could not respond to him. Um, No animals can speak. Well, sure, you got minor birds, you can teach that, but they don't have a language of their own. Adam needed to share his dreams, desires, and goals. They need another person. Adam's relationship was beyond the mere physical. The physical It's an important part, as we'll see, but it's only a part of it. It's not all of it. One to be cared for. Adam would see to her needs and desires to bring joy into her life. He, as we'll see, as the head of the creation, is always the initiator. Men initiate. Women respond. Men are moved by what they see. Women are moved by what they feel. Yes, there's exceptions. That doesn't mean that a woman never initiates, but the rule is very, very, very clear. Adam would reveal to her his affection and pleasure in caring for her. So any thought or teaching that a woman is merely a chattel, a sex slave, or some kind of servant is uh, absolutely unbiblical also one to be protected Adam would be there for her against any threat to her of course after the fall being the stronger of the two Adam would be the protector of Eve and the home after the fall now God knew all this God knew that Adam was going to fall and God knew that it was going to come through Eve but none of this took God by surprise Adam would be the protector of Eve. Uh, Once again, uh, the man has greater muscle mass, uh, stronger and bigger skeletal frame. Um, Yes, there are some exceptions, but they are exceptions. They're not the rule. It's interesting today that so many women want to be just like men. I look at some of these um, women that are giving the power lifting and all that. I want to see them when they're about 35, 40, 45, and see what it does to them. Or um, some 120, 30-pound young lady on the side of the freeway running a power jack, you know, um, breaking out concrete. Um, it's just, that's not what uh, women are made for. It's just not what God created. Um, one to provide for her. Adam would forfeit all. Um, if necessary, to make the provisions, um, uh, even, even after the fall, um, it, it cost him dearly. He would have to work hard prior to the fall. No, it was just tending the garden. It was everything there in the garden. But after the fall, um, and um, now there were thorns, and now there were thistles, and the uh, ground would not yield as it would prior to the curse coming in, and 
and from the sweat of his brow, we are told in Genesis, he would uh, have to earn his keep. The woman Eve was to be Adam's complement then in life as a helpmeet. Um, she was created different from Adam, as we said, uh, male, for Adam is the gender given to him in Genesis 1.27. She was female in gender. 127, God makes this. Um, there are, these are the only two identifications that God gives to distinguish a man and a woman or any human being. He does not give um, uh, race, color, or nationality. Those are not identification marks for according to God's uh, creation of man and woman. It's male and female. That's the only identifying marks that you have as a human being. The rest, God never uses. She was created weaker than Adam. Adam with more muscle, as I said, heavier frame. Um, Eve, less muscle, smaller frame. Even as uh, 1 Peter 3, 7 says that she is the weaker vessel. Uh, automatically, we think if the woman's the weaker vessel, that means the man is a stronger vessel. Not really. He is the weak vessel. She is the weaker vessel. And both being weak and weaker have to depend on the Lord. <laughs> All right? In comparison, he's stronger. But the implication is that no one is strong to live apart from God. It is a complement of the two. She was created in submission to Adam. Adam was created first in Genesis 2.7. Eve was created second in Genesis 2.22. We have pointed out, and then Paul picks it up in 1 Timothy 2.13. Eve's submission um, does not mean that she is inferior any more than it means that because Jesus submitted to the Father, that he is inferior to the Father in 1 Corinthians 11.3. Submission in the Bible is always for effectiveness and efficiency, never inferiority. Now, your entire body, your hands, your feet, every aspect of the body that you can control, it is submissive to the head. It is distinct from the head, but no part of your body is inferior to the rest of the parts of the body. They all are necessary, and they have different functions. Adam and Eve were both in submission to God, in the fear of God, as both now in the fallen nature, husband and wife, are to fear God as they are in Christ Jesus. Uh, Paul picks this up in Ephesians 521. Um, Eve was created to complete Adam then. Adam was not taken from Eve, if you look at the Genesis record of creation, but was the head of creation and the home. Uh, Paul points this out in 1 Corinthians 11.8. Adam was not created for Eve right away. Listen, Get your head right, ladies. We're going to hit you ladies at night, the men in the morning. You need to think biblically. You need to have a biblical worldview and not allow 
the feminist and the liberal mindset which gives you a tweaked worldview and a wrong philosophy about you being created by God in the image and likeness of God. Very, very important. Adam definitely was not created for Eve, but Eve was created for Adam. Adam is not independent of the woman, though Paul says also, nor the woman of the man, for as the woman was from the man, so is the man through the woman, but all things are of God. In 1 Corinthians 11, 11 and 12. In other words, the woman very evident was created for Adam, not the reverse. But yet Adam is not apart from the woman because every man has to be born through the birth canal of a woman. Every man comes from a woman. They're tied together. Okay? You can't separate them. No more women. End of creation and humanity. No more men. End of population too. It's real simple. They're tied together. Now Adam was to be aided by Eve for life. The phrase help me means simply um, one who helps or aids someone else. The designation is precise and unmistakable, once again, for Adam. The phrase is found approximately 80 times in the Old Testament, generally indicating military assistance. It's used like that in Exodus 30, verse 8, 32, 21. And the phrase is used for God's military assistance in Psalm 79, 9. Now, the woman Eve was to be Adam's contentment in sexual oneness during life also. It's interesting how specific God is about the creation, the design, and the purpose, and the goals, and all of that. Um, to know her in such a way as no other man would ever know her. Uh, Genesis 2, 24 and 25 speaks, For this reason shall man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and two shall be one flesh, and they were both naked and not ashamed. Uh, it's talking about entering into marriage and intimacy and a married relationship. The two would become one flesh, and through their sexual differences, there would become a perfect fit and union of the most intimate carnal knowledge a man or a woman can have of the opposite sex. You can hold hands, you can put your arm around a girl's shoulder, or she likewise, but it's a whole different thing when you become intimate sexually. Face-to-face -face in full commitment to each other in marriage, celebrating their love without shame or regret. Very important. Now, this sounds very puritanical, very weird in a very liberal, progressive society that has no morals, no ethics. It's all relativism, situational ethics, value clarifications, mores, norms of culture. And consequently, because of that, the outcome is destruction and heartache. The union of more than mere physical bodies or sexual organs, but of spirits and souls that would be stamped 
indelibly forever in their minds and emotions. Paul says, sinning against their own body if there's fornication. 1 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. So when a young person fornicates, not being married, they are sinning against their own body. Okay? Your body is to be the temple of God. All right? That body has been created and has to be preserved for that union in marriage. Now, again, what I'm talking about may sound childish and weird only because we have become so degenerated and so depraved in our nation that has been solidified through the public school education and universities of liberal progressivism. And it has corrupted and dummied down our entire nation. Now, also to strengthen their commitment, love, and affection for each other. The expression of their passions and tenderness towards each other. The constant um, expression of their delight and commitment to each other, regardless of the physical changes through life. Um, when you're 18, 19, that's one thing. When you're 40, it's another. When you're 60, it's another. When you're 85, it's another. But it's that commitment through life. And that commitment grows in tenderness and love and affection through the years. At least it's supposed to if you're in Christ Jesus. Um, but also to enjoy one another and please one another and no other. Very important. The ever-present evidence of each other commitment to romance and to please each other is all over. The Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, chapter uh, 4, 9 through 12, chapter 5, um, 10 through 16. Uh, uh, he delights in the woman. He speaks about her physical appearance and, and also she of his and and this is what God created us for, but in the context is marriage. Song of Solomon is in their nuptial night, their honeymoon night. A phrase that's repeated through the Song of Solomon. Do not waken um, your desire until it pleases. Don't go where you're not supposed to. Don't think you have to experience sex with someone to find out if you're going to make it, if you're compatible that's ridiculous. That's just an excuse to please yourself and use somebody else without any consideration for that person that you discard as a notch on your belt if you're a man. And today, women are just as bad. No different. And so this is the product of our culture. Um, the affirmation of contentment of each other um, that uh, you have committed at that altar. By the way, you become one, not on the honeymoon bed, in the first step. You become one at the altar through your vow to God. And then you celebrate the oneness on your honeymoon bed. There's a big difference. But also to have children of their love and commitment. Um, the incredible combination of the two into one, uh, when you have children, it's just a mind blower. An incredible enhancement to unite and strengthen their commitment in the home and for life. Um, your children, so much like their mother, so much like their father. Um, the way you talk, your mannerism, everything else. And it, it, it's amazing. 
Um, Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is success in life. Marriage and children. Family. The rest are just necessary things we do. That's where you're successful at. Your commitment to your wife, your husband, your children, your family. And of course, that is because your commitment is to God, which comes first. That's success. Everything else doesn't matter. When they bury you, you're going to leave everything behind. Absolutely everything. A woman is to a man what a pillar is to a building. If it is placed in the right place, it supports the weight of that building as an important part of the building. But if it is placed in the wrong place, it does very little to strengthen the building and, in fact, will weaken it. Ladies, you have a great responsibility to seek the Lord for the man that God has for you. So that when he brings that man, that you are all that God would want you to be. Today, too many single people, they're, they're, they're looking for the right person rather than trying to prepare themselves to be the right person. It's the reverse. Ladies, you um, were created by God to be married to that man that he will bring. Wait for him. Do not be impatient and marry an unbeliever. You will regret it every day of your life. Make sure that man loves Jesus more than you, or he'll trade you in on the new model. Okay? Very important. I'm speaking from a man's perspective. Okay? Ladies, keep yourself sexually pure, as I said. Do not let a man touch you in any appropriate way. Do not give your sexual purity to any man. You will never regret to experience for the first time sexual union on your honeymoon night. And when you don't, you will regret it most on your honeymoon night. Trust me. Now, having said that, God is gracious. God forgives us. God makes us new. But nevertheless, we have the consequences, right? God's grace is sufficient. But if you are still pure, Hang on. You're going to blow your mind. Now, marriage is more than sex then. It's an important part of the relationship, but it is not all of the relationship. It will bind you together through the product of your children, and it will enrich your love for each other but it's not everything if you get married simply because you are burning in lust you're going to you're going to have a huge surprise because that's no reason to get married at all eve was to be adam's helpmate second comes eve the deceived this is a negative in 1 Timothy 2.14, it says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell in transgression. Transgression is willful disobedience, not sin. Sin is missing the mark because we have sin nature. Transgression is the fence says no trespassing, and here you are climbing the fence. Okay? The woman Eve allowed flattery to lead her astray. 
Flattery is a form of seduction, and men do not flatter women and attempt to seduce them in front of their husbands. They always go behind their backs. This is what Satan did. Eve listened to the enemy. Genesis 3.1, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? <laughs> Where was Adam? We don't know. She conversed with the enemy. In verse uh, 2 and 3 of chapter 3, has God indeed said, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it. She added to God's word, nor shall you touch it. And then she quotes what God said, lest you die. She gets engaged in this conversation. There's, there's some things you have to be careful, ladies, okay? Uh, men and people will play you. We'll get into the aspect of your decision-making and your emotions, different from the man. Um, she allowed God's word and character to be challenged it says in chapter 3 of Genesis verse 4 then the serpent said to the woman you will not surely die she allowed God's love to be doubted for God knows that in the day that you eat of it your eyes will be open Genesis 3 5 God just wants to keep you from having fun from being fulfilled from being all you can be. Isn't that the word of the liberals and the universities and everybody else? Like if you worship and love God and you're keeping yourself pure, that somehow you're a loser. Wow. The woman Eve acted on her own will without her husband. She had no right to her own will, but only God's. For she was created to help Adam, as we've seen, and she was created second, not first as head. Very important. She had no right to act independent of Adam, and she was to respond to Adam, not initiate for him. She was to call upon her head, realizing God's creation, the order. She had no understanding of what the magnitude of her actions would mean the ruin of innocence, the fall of mankind, the beginning of sin, pain, and death. She bent Adam's will to hers by her very feminism. We have that ability to influence one another. Ladies, you have a great influence over your husband. And if you're single, over the man you're going to marry. She as a woman had a greater tenderness by the very creation of her by God. She, as a woman, had a greater persuasive appeal. She uses this. Because when she did this, she was already fallen. Adam was not fallen yet. You ever think about that? 
the woman Eve became an obstacle of God rather than the helpmeet of God. Eve went contrary to her created design and divine order. Once again, she was to help Adam. She was to be by Adam's side. But Eve gave to Adam, and he did eat, it says. In Genesis 3, 6, it says, So when the woman saw the eye, that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. See, we affect one another. My mind thinks, okay, she partook first. She was the first to know that she was separated from God. She was the first to know that she began to die, certainly spiritually, immediately, but physically it began to take hold on her life, though she was unaware of it, but God said it would happen. And then knowing this and thinking in a fallen state towards her husband who is not fallen, she pulls him in and gives to him and entices him to partake. That's the destruction of sin nature, ladies and gentlemen. It is just corrupt to the bone. She knew the effects of the fall first and still gave to him. She knew that Adam would be disobeying God. She led and made him fall just like her. Does that mean that Adam was not responsible? Oh, no, no, no. Listen, Eve fell, right? What does Romans 5.12 says? All sin through Adam. God laid the fall on Adam because he was the head of creation. It was his fault. You understand? All right? Very, very clear. Eve helped him to act contrary to God's word. She should have declared her failure to Adam, but rather used it to tempt him. She should have asked help of Adam, but rather offered him to be like her. Ladies, when some guy tells you he loves you and he can't live without you, get away from him. You better make sure he loves God more than you. Okay? Very, very important. Because that man will try to make you more like him. He will bring you down to his level. Absolutely. Eve became party to sin and death. The initiator for herself, then her husband. Out of line. Out of design. The first in line of all beings to be born. And now the first to fall. Eve added much pain to both their lives. She would live to regret her sin. She would see the long-term 
consequences of her sin on her family. Cain and Abel. No one had ever died. First time they saw a cadaver. Cain killed Abel. Wow. God said, the day you eat, you shall surely die. Of course, he was speaking about spiritual death and then long-term physical death, ultimately. But that was the first time they saw someone die. Wow. Eve is only mentioned by name two times in the Old Testament and two times in the New Testament. I find interesting. And Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. Her name literally means life in Genesis 3.20. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, meaning breathe, breath, or vanity in Genesis 4.1. The two in the New Testament are negative regarding the fall and her created order for lack of authority in the church in 2 Corinthians 11.3. And then 1 Timothy 2, 13 through 14, which, by the way, this next Thursday on our series, What About? I'm going to be talking about what about women being pastors? <laughs> I figure people might be interested. The deception of Eve was a type of seduction and costly. Alexander White says the following, listen carefully, quote, The woman who gives to any man what is not hers to give, nor his to take, their eyes will be open. See the case with any young woman who says, What is it going to hurt? And who is going to know if I have sex just this one time? Her eyes are open and she is changed for life, and she alone will know the full extent of her deception and the cost, not only to herself, but how it may affect her parents, friends, future husband, and children. Now, is this not applicable to the men? Yes, but we're talking about ladies tonight. There's no double standard, okay? The Bible hits both sides. Ladies, be filled with the Holy Spirit to serve God as a single lady. Or your home. That's a married one. The world, the liberal, and the professional woman will try to make you feel inadequate and sufficient and that somehow you've missed the boat. The greatest fulfillment of your life is to be a wife and a mother. Guaranteed. Absolutely. Everything else is irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. Serve your husband, your children, those who don't know Christ. Be the example, light and salt of the earth, as Jesus said in the Beatitudes, that they may glorify your Father in heaven. Ladies, be women of the word of God so that you do not make your decisions based on your emotions. Emotions are very strong, more with you women than with men. Emotions are deceptive. 
Emotions need to be put subject to the word of God. Now as a godly woman, if you have the mind of Christ and you know the word of God, then when those temptations come, those emotions come, those desires come, you put those emotions under the obedience of God's word. So you make your decisions on what you know God tells you what you should do and we should be. Not upon the situation, not on the circumstance, not on the emotions, not on the flattery, but on your relationship with Jesus Christ. It will serve as great protection. Ladies, you want to be servants to God. Then you'll be able to be servants to your husband, your children, and your home. Pleasing God, then pleasing your husband. And that he be godly. Thanking God for you all the time. So Eve was deceived. Okay. Adam transgressed. Okay. The fall is attributed to Adam. Not to Eve. Thirdly we have Eve the instrument of judgment and redemption. In 1 Timothy 2.15 Paul says nevertheless she will be saved, speaking of Eve, a woman, in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. He's dealing with the woman, but the connection is Eve. <clears throat> Eve's sin had a physical consequence. Childbearing, listen, pains. All you ladies that have little rugrats, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> okay? Um, it isn't like just... Um, Dropping off the laundry. In Genesis 3.16 says to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. This was not God's design from the beginning, but a consequence of the fall. A reminder of her part in the fall, a small reminder of all the pain that was introduced to the human race, a preview of the pain of life. In this fallen state, we go through many things, disappointments, difficulties, some very destructive times. We bring pain to ourselves, we bring pain to others, and it's all because we live in a fallen world. Uh, the world is full of sinners. Now, I don't know if you saw the um, thing this week, those two individuals that, that decided to go biking all over the world and they believed that, that evil was just didn't exist. It was just in the imagination of people's minds. So they just started biking all over and they went by the Afghan, Afghani border and ISIS stabbed them to death. Who, who believes that there's not evil in the world? That is not real. Again, these people really believe things like that because of the indoctrination of the universities and the liberalness to dummy down America. Do you realize that there is a great percentage of people believe that the earth is flat? Even Christians, or at least they say they're Christians. What planet are you from? 
Amazing. A potential loss of her own life in giving life. Many women die in childbirth. Many more before the uh, uh, development of medicine. Eve's sin had spiritual consequences. She acquired a nature of independence and rebellion to her husband. Listen to Genesis 3.16. It says, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Eve would desire now to usurp her husband's authority in this fallen state. Your desire shall be towards your husband. He shall rule over you. The meaning of the text has to mean the opposite of what God had established prior to the fall. Because this is the curse. Context, context, context. The word desire means a stretching out after a longing desire. Some say it refers to the sexual desire of the woman for her husband. Perhaps this may be part, but not all, because the man has the stronger sex drive than the woman. There are exceptions, but it's not the rule. But also, her sexual desire towards Adam would have already been perfect prior to the fall. So this is not an improvement. It's not a commentary on this is the curse, the fall. The word is used, um, the phrase, three times in the Old Testament. Here in Genesis 3.16, in Genesis 4.7, and in Song of Solomon 7.10. The only three times it appears. So this is the context of the fall, her desire towards her husband. The second time it is used to illustrate the longing desire of sin to rule, control, or overtake Cain as a praying animal ready to leap upon his prey in Genesis 4-7. It desires at the door if you don't repent. Sin nature would take him and use him. The desire of sin nature so strong, what did he do? He ended up killing his brother. Rather than recognizing evil and asking God for help and repenting, he gave in to that desire. The third is in reference to the sexual desire of Solomon for his bride on the honeymoon night in Song of Solomon 7.10. The common thread is the use of the word is that it describes a strong longing and desire to have and the context will determine whether what it is, and whether it's good or bad. The context and subject of the first appearance here in our text in Genesis is the curse, and it is to control and usurp authority over her husband, and he would desire to rule over her. This is the fallen nature. Originally, she was to submit. Originally, he was to care for her. Now the fall is in, she wants to be head, and he wants to control her. Welcome to the human race <laughs> through the fall. This is the beginning of the battle of the sexes, the beginning of woman's liberation. 
Male chauvinism, the fall. Proverbs 11.22 says, As a jewel of gold is in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. Wow. What a picture. Eve became the chosen vessel for the redemption of man, even though the fall came through her and passed it on to Adam. Um, Eve bore in her person the penalty and pardon of all um, of the fall in childbearing. A woman would bear the Messiah. The fall came through the woman, attributed to Adam as he transgressed, but now the woman would be the vessel, the instrument of bringing forth the Redeemer of the world. God is so merciful and kind, huh? Amazing to me. It says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Genesis 3.15 The seed of the woman is in reference to the virgin birth of Messiah. A woman has no seed in herself. The man provides the seed. The woman has the egg. Now think about it, ladies. You are a walking altar. When you start your period at 12, 13, whatever age it is, now you can have another human being grow inside of you if you are fertilized by a man. At the end of every month, when that egg is not fertilized, it drops out. It has a potential for life. And life can only atone through blood. You have your period. Then you reach an age where you go through menopause. No more eggs. How interesting. No more blood. The blood is the atoning offering that God gave for life and death and sin. Wow. In 1 Timothy 2.15, Paul says, The woman, nevertheless, will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, and self-control. He's talking about women who are walking with God, those who are not. He's contrasting there. But again, the woman would be the instrument to trust that the Messiah would come through her, of course, the Virgin Mary, and that if that woman trusts in that Messiah, she can be saved. So in other words, women are excluded from salvation, even though the fall came through a woman. Women can be saved, okay? Mary brought forth her firstborn, Jesus, conceived by the Holy Spirit, fulfilling the promise um, of, of the seed of the woman. Matthew chapter 1, verse 2 through 23, we have the whole aspect there. Now, woman through the Messiah can be once again in submission to the order and design of God as well as a man then. The hope is in being born again and coming back in line with the will and the design of God. Paul tells Timothy the order and the role of the woman in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. The women were created to marry unless they have the gift of celibacy. Very clear there in 1 Timothy 5, 11 and 12. Paul picks it up also in 1 Corinthians 7 as he deals with marriage and uh, divorce a little bit and single life. Uh, women in verse 13 of 1 Timothy uh, 5 there um, with time on their hands and not having their priorities in order can add to their own hurt. In verse 14, the woman's, um, 
divine role is given, three things are said about the woman. Here they are. To marry, bear children, and manage the home. The phrase manage the home comes from um, the Greek word, which means head of family in the sense of guiding the home, um, managing the household affairs, in other words, a housekeeper. Someone has to be with the children, take care of the stuff, the other one works. Now, because of our culture, women have been pushed into the workforce beginning in the 70s. In 1973, I bought my first house for $22,500. 1,200-square-foot house in Covina. Three years later, the double income kicked in. I sold it for 40000 in three years. The very same house, the very same size my parents bought for 15000 in 1962. When I bought mine in 73, if you take the difference, it only appraised $7,000 for them. In three years, mine doubled. The country understood women were work, double income. Everything's going up double. Boy, women were elated. Now they're not that much, are they? A little carrot. Wow. Now you may be staying at home and doing a worse job than someone who's working. So you have to be careful. The reason is that no opportunity be given to the adversary to speak reproachfully there in verse 14 of 1 Timothy 5. Paul tells Titus the order and role of the woman also in Titus 2, um, verse 2 through 5. Age women are to teach by word and deed in verse 2 and 3. Age women are to teach specific things, to be sober, meaning having a sound mind, to love their husbands, um, uh, a man lover, literally, her own husband, not every man or any man, uh, to love her children, to be discreet, meaning self-control, moderate as to opinion and passion. First Peter 3, 1 through 6 deals with that also. To be chaste, meaning innocent, modest, clean, pure. To be keepers at home, again, a compound word that is used one time in the New Testament and means a dwelling or, or house. Uh, and the other word, uh, which means to guard or to keep. In other words, housekeeper once again. Very important. Commonly in good classical Greek, it was translated a stayer at home. Very specific. Um, to be good means kind, to be obedient. It's the word hupatasso, which means submissive. It's a military term. And in the military, you men who were in the military, you know that you salute the rank. The man can be a complete idiot. You salute the rank, okay? Submission has nothing to do with inferiority. It's a divine order that God says for things to get done. The reason being is that the word of God be not blasphemed. Peter um, tells the women of his day that they are no longer daughters of Eve, thank God, but of Sarah, women of faith and obedience in 1 Peter 3, 6. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and the word obey there is hupakul, it means to come under hearing uh, in relationship to her submission and obedience to God 
in the chain of command to her husband. Mothers like um, Ezekiel 16.44, you've read that phrase where it says, like mother, like daughter, that can be good or it can be scary. The submission of the godly women is said to be fitting, to be proper and appropriate in Colossians 3.18. It's appropriate. It's right. It's what works. It is used two other times in the New Testament. In Ephesians 5.4 and Philemon verse 8. There's only one chapter in Philemon. The submission is as unto the Lord according to the scriptures in Ephesians 5, 21, 22. Ladies, when you submit, you submit as unto the Lord. If you have a husband that is not Christian, that he's ungodly, you are not to submit to him to do things that are ungodly or violate your conscience. Am I clear on that? Okay? You submit to only the standard and the boundaries of the word of God. If your husband wants you to do something that is ungodly or unscriptural, you submit yourself to God. All right? The Bible never tells you to submit to ungodliness. Never. Submission is to be a beautiful oneness with the authority of husband, but never having to demand it or fight for it. The man is the head, the initiator, the woman is the body, the responder. You may say, that's fine, but I have an unsaved husband. Well, as I said, you have to be an example. Paul deals with that in 1 Corinthians 7, 10 through 16, and also 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. That by the manner of your conduct, your life, not your preaching, he may come to Christ. A female, for the most part, has been under someone's authority, whether it be her father, her family, in most societies, till our modern-day chaotic feminist movement, where it's brought more destruction to the women. The feminist movement does not protect the woman. It casts her out to be her own person and left alone, unprotected. All right? It's just that simple. She is cared for until she marries and then comes under her husband's authority. That's the greatest protection. Today I see fathers that don't care that their daughters live with, with guys. They live with two, three, four guys. I mean, what is that? They're, they're like prostitutes. And there's no shame in the father. They even present, their, oh yeah, they're, they're living together. Unnatural. Wow. I don't understand it. The man doesn't take the woman's name. The woman takes the man's name. I know some ladies do today, but that's not the case. The determining the sex, it's the man who determines if it's male or female. So, if, gentlemen, you have all girls, it's your fault. Nobody else's. The Proverbs are full of good counsel. An excellent wife is the crown to her husband, but she who comes, who causes shame is like rottenness to his bones. Proverbs 12, 4. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. Proverbs 14, 1. You see, the solution is but one for the godly woman as well as the man. I say to them, Listen carefully, Galatians 5, 16 and 17. 
Walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh. And the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you wish. And so we must walk in the spirit. Submit to the Lord's word. For protection. For example. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a classic example of being the instrument of judgment and redemption as he paid the price for our sins and brought forth redemption to all of mankind, able to make us new creatures, forgiven us of all our sin. Wow. Ladies, God's grace is sufficient. Don't tempt the Lord. Stay in the shepherd's field. (laughs) There's great protection until he brings that man to you. Ladies, your potential is in Christ and Christ alone. Not in your beauty. Not in your wisdom. Not in who you know. But in that you fear and obey God. Ladies, God wants to use you as a single woman and as a married woman for his glory completely. And so Eve was the instrument of judgment and redemption. You think these are important facts for us to know about the first woman? (laughs) Very, very important. Through the three full Vantage view. Eve, the help me. Eve, the deceived. And Eve, the instrument of judgment and redemption. Genesis is the book of beginnings. The beginning of creation, sin, redemption, everything. God's revelation of absolute truth that he will hold you responsible for. Father, thank you for your grace, your love, and goodness. We pray you would speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. And, Father, help us to look to you and to trust you and to obey your word. I pray for the ladies, your hand be upon them, that you protect them, you watch over them, Lord. Father, that you would guard them as they grow as godly ladies, Lord, to you. And that your grace is sufficient, Lord, regardless of what has taken place. Lord, that you have made them whiter than snow. And they are your children. So we thank you for your grace, Lord. We love you. As you're praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, maybe you're over the internet or the radio. God has allowed you to hear God and his word that you may make a confession of repentance. If you believe that you are fallen, that you are a sinner, then you believe God's word. And then you must believe that you need to repent of your sins. And if you do, you can call upon him right now. And he says that he will cleanse you and forgive you and make you his child. It's called repentance. If this is your desire, this is your prayer, repentance to him. You say this to the Lord, he will take you at your word. And he will change your heart and give you a new mind. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for all my sins. Give me a brand new heart. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I accept you as my Savior and Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen.